Uh, we are in uh, we are in message seven uh, of our relationship series. I'm so tired of being alone. Uh, and message seven is Mr. Wright uh, ain't right yet. Uh, and, I, and I put that yet in there because uh, sometimes he just ain't right, and then sometimes uh, he or she just ain't right yet. Uh, that they still just need a little work. Um, and so we're going to talk about being patient uh, with our mate today. As uh, again, I told you all that we don't need um, perfection uh, in a husband or wife, and so we should not be looking for perfection in a husband or wife uh, because you won't find it. And just as you won't find perfection in them, they're not going to find perfection in you. Um, so the ideal is that two imperfect people who serves a perfect God uh, would be able to live uh, in harmony, in communion uh, with one another, uh, with that preparation. Uh, and that's what we, we talked about on our previous lesson about being prepared to be in a relationship. But once we are prepared, then we have to be uh, persistent uh, in that relationship. Persistent, uh, meaning we have to continue to work at it. I told you all that um, being in a relationship takes work. Um, so we have to be persistent and working at it, working at that relationship to make it work. And then we have to have uh, a certain level of perseverance uh, in that relationship that we will persevere um, because there are uh, a lot of things that um, comes apart, uh, comes along uh, and will challenge your relationship when you are in one. Um, so after the preparation, we get prepared. We got to be persistent in working uh, on it each and every day. Uh, and then we got to be able to persevere um, through some of the storms, uh, through some of the, uh, the issues and the problems that may come against us uh, once we are in a committed relationship once we are in a, a marriage uh, we say it doing uh, during the altar till death to us part rich and poor and things of that nature um, but we have to be able to live it Amen. after the honeymoon is over with Amen. Uh, so after all the festivities and reception and everybody going home and you took your dress back to the store um, then we have to begin to live what it is that uh, we have said Angie smiling because you know she <laughs> And it's like, yeah, I'm sure I'll take my dress back soon. <laughs> so it's like, you know. <laughs> but uh, we have to be able to, um, we, we have to be able uh, to do that. Um, and to, but for us to be able to do that, we have to be on one accord. I mean, both of us have to be, um, getting ourselves prepared. Both of us have to be uh, persistent and working on it. Both of us have to pre be uh, pre persevering with one another. It has to be a collective thing, something we do together. Uh, we know that one person doing it ain't gonna work because they ain't gonna be able to carry the weight or drag the other person along. It has to be both of us have to have a mind um, to, to work on our relationship and make it um, better. Amos 3 and 3 says that how can two walk together unless they agree. Um, if, we, if we cannot uh, walk together, then sure we can't live together. Right, man. So, so yeah. it's impossible if I can't if I can't effectively date you, then I can't effectively be married to you. Um, so we have to be mindful about that. So if it ain't working while we're dating, then it's a good chance that it ain't gonna work uh, while we're married. So uh, we want to make sure we um, we have all things in proper perspective and we understand that um, because we don't want um, to bring a lot of issues into uh, into a marriage um, because that's a long term commitment that we are looking. Uh, at making the biggest thing that we got to make sure uh, is that um, we are not uh, unequally yoked when we talk about uh, being in a relationship. Second Corinthians 6, um, the 14th and 15th verse, the Bible says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Amen. Um, that, is, Amen. that is in its simplest form. I don't think that. Um, 
I don't think we have to overanalyze that, um, that we should not be hooked up with uh, unbelievers because God knew that there was going to be trouble, there was going to be issue, there was going to be a struggle, there was going to be a fight, um, and that's why um, that's why you didn't see oxen and donkeys hooked together in the yoke because they were fighting against each other, they did not get along, uh, and so to avoid that, God told us not to be uh, hooked up with unbelievers. Um, the, the first thing is that if, if you're a believer and you meet an unbeliever, the first thing you should be doing is trying to hook them up with Christ, not trying to hook Amen. them up with you. Amen. Amen. As an evangelical Christian, that, that, that should be the first thing when I meet an unbeliever is that make, helping them to get hooked up with Christ. Because they can't do you no good until they get hooked up with him. So that's the first step anyway. Uh, so for me to be in a relationship with, a, with an unbeliever uh, and hadn't yet first introduced them with Christ because if I introduce them with Christ and they reject him, then in essence they have rejected you. Because if Christ is in the inside of you. If they reject him, then in essence they have rejected you. So you got to make sure we understand that uh, and make sure that we do the simplest things. If we do the simplest things, I, could, I think that we can avoid a lot of the big problems uh, if we do those simple things as it relates to relationship. It says, for we uh, do not, we for what we do righteous and wickedness have, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Whenever light shows up, darkness has to leave. Um, so what, what do we have in common? So you'll find yourself uh, with somebody you ain't got nothing to talk about because your life evolves around what it is that Christ is doing in your life and then they and their and their life doesn't uh, evolve anywhere around that so you'll find yourself uh, wanting to go a different places and wanting to do different things wanting to talk about different things because you are somewhere else than that person is so we want to make sure um, that we get that peace right, that we uh, have things in common by having a common God, uh, meaning that we know the same God and we love the same God and we listen to the same God and we read the same Bible uh, and we follow the same word. So it's not what it is that you think or I think, but we have uh, some instruction, we have some direction in our relation, in our lives, uh, which is going to flow over uh, into our relationship. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So we want to make sure uh, that we do not join our ourselves with unbelievers that's but we need to join ourselves with somebody that has a personal relationship with Christ a personal relationship with Christ not in church I said a personal relationship not in ministry I said a personal relationship not in the choir I said it's somebody that has a personal uh, relationship uh, with him and that is the biggest thing um, so that we don't get that uh, twisted we want to make sure um, that Christ is in the inside of them and they they are in indeed uh, a new creature that they are indeed a new creature because if you try you and your new creature hook up with an old creature then you're still going to have issues so you got to make sure um, that they are changed that they uh, are different um, second corinthians um, the fifth chapter in the 17 verses therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creature and the old things has gone the new have come and that's why a lot of people don't understand when they see you now years later uh, why you why you don't act the same way why you don't talk the same way why you don't want to do the same things because they 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 don't understand that you are a new creature uh, and so they're not used to that type of creature they, they're used to seeing you in a different form in a different fashion but god has been doing uh, a great work uh, in your life so you want to make sure that that person also is a new creature that got that person is also allowing god to do some great things uh, in their lives that person must uh, have that person relationship and love 
God for themselves. You can't love God. You, you can't love God for nobody else. Uh, and that person should love God more than they love you. That's right. Amen. I'm telling you, if somebody ever tell you that they love you more than they love God, mm. uh, that should be flags everywhere. Amen. Uh, because Amen. they should love God more than they love you. That's I'm right. telling you, you, you want to make sure we have, we have that uh, in the proper perspective because uh, it's going to be the love of God that keeps me. Uh, because when I love God, then I have a respect or a reverence or a fear of God, which keeps me from doing stuff I ain't got no business right. doing. Uh, it's, it's that spirit of God that, rest in, that will rest inside of somebody who has a personal relationship with God that's going to keep them, that's going to allow them to do what the things which God tells them to do and not the things in which uh, they want to do on their own. Uh, it's going to keep the cause them not to uh, if, if we follow God and do everything he's told us to do, not to do things that are will hurt you or to put you down or to make you feel bad because uh, again the spirit will not lead us to do uh, any of those things. So they have to be directed by the spirit uh, and the spirit will direct them in the manner in which they should should have be in communion with you the manner in which they should have uh, a relationship with you so um, again they gotta have the spirit uh, in the inside of them the Bible we, we talk we, we sung the song we, we, we said that uh, it's the Jesus uh, in you so, so it's the Jesus that's in me and the Jesus that's in you and so that's why you're so easy to love you see because what I love is him and once you got him in inside of you then I can love you too because it, even when you act silly or you act and crazy, I still love him. And so and so so we even in our in our relationships, if they get Christ in the inside of them, that means you should you can love them even when you're mad at them. Uh, and see that's the thing. So and, and that's the biggest thing. So even when my even when my wife does get mad at me, she still loves him. And so him is still in the inside of me. So she still ends up loving me. But it has to be something bigger uh, than uh, than just you. It has to be the love of Christ that they have inside of them. And that's why it is so important uh, for your person that you're with to have Christ inside of them so that you would have something to love when you're not getting along because mm -hmm. for any of y'all that's been in a relationship, you know all the time you just ain't always getting along that things ain't just always good that things right. ain't just always gravy so uh, we gotta make sure that uh, it's so we have that proper perspective and that that person has a relationship uh, in the same manner uh, in which we have a relationship uh, also. Mm -hmm. Even with hooking up with believers now we talked about being unequal Yo, naturally you can't put an adult oxen uh, in with a with a with a small oxen or a babe oxen. You Man. can't do that because they would still would be unequally yoked. Uh, even as a believer, there are some believers that you can't hook up with. Uh, there are some believers that just ain't there yet. If you've been on your journey for ten or fifteen years and they just get saved, it, it, you probably you are probably going to be unequally yoked. Because what happens is, uh, is somebody who is just coming into the kingdom, uh, they may be uh, they may have the blood on them, uh, but they're not renewed. Uh, in other words, they just got saved, so they just got saved, so they still uh, talk like the world, they still act like the world, they still uh, still sometimes in the world, even though they got saved, they just got a little blood on them, but they had they got the mind of Christ, they got his blood, but not his mind, so they still don't think the way they should think, so even with believers, you gotta make sure that you're not unequally yoked with somebody that's not where you are spiritually. Amen. Even if they're a believer, so we gotta make sure we gotta make sure that we're not uh, that you're not an adult in Christ, in, in Christ, and you're dealing with somebody that's a babe in Christ, um, because in the end uh, you will have uh, that same uh, issue uh, if you do that. So make sure um, that that person is where you are, and that you all can again uh, be on the same one, the same wavelength 
as it relates to your uh, relationship. Uh, now, this thing is a process, uh, and that's why I told y'all when we talk about patience, when we talk about um, having that perseverance and that persistence, because uh, our whole, just like our, our, our Christian life is a is a process, um, that means that our relationship is a process also. So just like it's a process for you to grow, that means it's a process for your mate to grow, and they have to understand that God is still working on you, and you have to understand that God is still uh, working on them. So um, we have to, to when, we, when we saw the, the night shining armor and our dreams and our visions, um, but a lot of times what you did not see uh, is the little puny shield bearer before they became a knight. Uh, a lot of, uh, lot of times, men, we see the queen, but we didn't see her when she was a messed up princess. Uh, and so we got to make sure that we allow the process um, to, to take place uh, and that we grow together, um, that we grow together, that you're, you're growing, God is still working on you, that I'm growing, I'm allowing God to continue to work on me, uh, and that we grow together, that we get rooted and grounded together. Um, so we want to grow in love and not fall in love right. because anything you fall into, you can get back up out of. Um, but when we grow in love, um, we'll be able to grow some roots that, that, that when the first wind or the first, first storm or the first rain come in our relationship, it won't uh, separate us or cause us to be destroyed. So we want to make sure uh, that we uh, grow uh, in love and with that we have to deal with some things in the beginning. Uh, I know some of y'all have kids and I know that uh, typically during the time in which our children are in pampers um, be one of those uh, times where we have to endure like we love our kids dearly but uh, that's a part of them uh, that we wish that we didn't have to deal with because the expense of buying pampers and it's just a hassle of having to constantly change them and things of that nature um, but we know that's a period and we have to wait until they grow out of it uh, and then there come a point where that won't be an issue for us because they'll end up growing out of it so there are some things that you might still be growing out of in your relationship there are some things that they might be growing out of in their relationship so uh, again that's why I said yet because that person may not yet be there not saying that they won't get there uh, or you might not yet be there not saying that you won't get there um, but again it's a process and so we got to make sure that we allow room for growth uh, in our process now I want to I want to go to first Samuel the 25th chapter and I want to look at David uh, and uh, Abigail and the ball, and I'm gonna, we're going to read a few of the verses, and I'm going to kind of bring up the speed to where we are and some of the things that transpired there, uh, and we can see how uh, sometimes, even as Christians, uh, uh, you know, the person may not just be all the way there yet. Sometimes we have lapses, and we fall back, and we sometimes begin to still do things our own way. Um, and so, in 1 Samuel, the 25th chapter, uh, I'm going to read the, uh, we're going to start at the 32nd verse and then we're going to kind of jump back a little bit uh, so we can get the full story and understand what took place. Um, but in 1 Samuel the 25th chapter, the 32nd verse, the Bible says David said to Abigail praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hand. So uh, David is speaking to Abigail and in a minute we're going to learn who Abigail is. She's the wife of Nepal. 
uh, and he says, praise be to the, to, to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you here today. So what, what, what David was saying was that, he, he said, I acknowledge that you're only here because God sent you here, and it's not by coincidence or by accident that you're here right now, because God needed you to come uh, and do the things that what you were doing now, say the things that you said, so that I would not do something I ain't got no business doing. He said that, may, in verse 33, it says, may you be blessed for your good judgment, um, and, and for keeping me from bloodshed this day, and from avenging myself with my own hand. So he said, you have stopped me from, in other words, making a mistake. You have stopped me from shedding blood that should not have been shed. You have stopped me from avenging my own self, meaning going out and trying to handle my own business. He said, but but being able to depend on God and not try to take things into my own hand. She said, but he said, because of your good judgment, you have helped me to be able to do that. So now this is David again now. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. But here, even David had kind of stepped back into the flesh and David decided that he was going to do some things on his own. In verse 34, it says, otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, he even throw God in there. He said, God knew. He said, who kept me from harming you? If you had not come quickly to me, not one male belonging to Nabal uh, would have been left alive by daybreak. So David said, I would have killed everybody if it wasn't for God sending you down here uh, to stop me from doing what I was about to do. So was David, now David was naturally was a Christian. He was saved. He believed in God. Uh, but David had, had kind of lapsed a little bit. David was about to take some things in his own hands and kind of do some things uh, his own way. Uh, so again, even in relationships, sometimes all the time we ain't super spiritual. Sometimes uh, we slip a little bit, but then that is when uh, God will, uh, that is when your mate, because oftentimes it's, it's the areas in which we're weak uh, when our mate is the most strongest and we can help each other. So uh, though David uh, had kind of went off the deep end just a little bit, uh, God pulled him back and, and sent Abigail to say some things uh, unto him. In verse uh, 38, it says about 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. Uh, this is after David uh, had not uh, went down with his men to kill him. And in verse 39, it says, when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, praise be to the Lord who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. So in other words, he said, I praise be to the Lord for fighting my battles. So, so, so in other words, he said 10 days later, God was going to take care of him anyway. I didn't have to go down there and try to fight my own battle. I didn't have to go down there and try to kill all the folks. God took care of the person which he needed to take care of anyway. And you think about this. See, when David would have went, David would have killed Nepal and everybody else. He would have had to. He would have had to kill all the men because they wouldn't have just sat there. But when he let God do it, God only destroyed the person that needed to be destroyed. So in other words, uh, when we allow God to do what it is that God wants to do uh, and be led by him, then we can see God do things in his way and we won't have the catastrophe of when we try to do it on our own. He says he had kept his servant. He says he has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nepal's wrongdoing down on his own head. So he has kept me from doing wrong. So uh, even when I want to do wrong, the spirit in, in the spirit inside of me will keep me from doing wrong. So so David even acknowledged that sometimes I still want to do wrong. Sometimes I have an inclination to jump back into my flesh and just handle my business like I used to before I got saved. But he said it's the spirit of God that's in, inside of me that'll keep me from doing that. 
It's the same spirit of God that's in the inside of you and that'll be in the inside of your mate that'll keep you from doing, for you to act the way you used to act in your old relationship and keep them from doing the things they used to do in their old relationship. That is why it's so important that we both have, uh, in a mutual relationship, have a ear to hear uh, and eyes to see what the spirit is trying to show to us and what the spirit is saying uh, unto each and every one of us. Amen. So sometimes it's sometimes it may be you in a relationship. Sometimes it may be you uh, that's having the issues, and it may be your mate that has to help you uh, to get back focused, so you don't do something crazy. Sometimes it's them, and you might have to help them. So again, we have, that's where our preservation, our patience, come in, uh, so that we would not uh, we would not do something that we have uh, no business doing. Now, uh, Nepal was uh, Nepal was uh, a rich man, and he had had some sheep, and they were uh, out uh, doing. They had got separated basically from uh, from his. His territory from his property of land uh, and during that time David per basically protected all the shepherds and the sheep and things of that nature because the shepherds wasn't fighters and things of that nature and they and all of their their sheep and their property was vulnerable when they were out uh, away from their uh, village and so uh, David David essentially he protected uh, all of uh, Nepal's uh, property during that time and so uh, after he had, after everything had got returned David went sent his messengers up and said hey look why don't you uh, go and tell Nepal Tell him what I've done and just ask him, you know, just send us a little something. You know, he rich and all that. Just kind of help us out for for us helping him out uh, in advance. Um, and so uh, in when, when, when verse 10 uh, in chapter 5, it says, Nepal answered David's service. He says, who is this David? Who, who is this son of Jesse? He said, my servants are breaking away from their masters these days. He said, many servants are breaking away from masters these days. He said, why should I take my bread and water and meat and slaughter and have slaughtered for my shears and give them to a man coming from who knows where. So this is what made David mad. And David was like, now I just sat there and took care of your stuff. Now I could have allowed somebody to destroy it or I could have destroyed it myself, but I did not do that aloud. I took care of it. In verse 12 it says, David's men turned around and went back and they arrived and reported every word. And David said to his men, put on your swords. And so they put on their swords, and David put on his, and about 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. And so then, this is what this is what what what, what, what fury David. This is what uh, caused him to anger. Uh, and we so we know that we should uh, even in our anger, we should not allow the anger to cause us to sin. Uh, and if it wasn't for Abigail, then we know that David would end up sinning because of the anger that he had. David said, "Go go boot up, because we've been gonna handle our business. Don't nobody uh, treat us like that." Uh, and so so that's what made uh, him mad in verse 18. It says that Abigail lost her time once she had heard what had happened um, because the Bible says uh, that Abigail was intelligent and beautiful, but it says her husband Nepal was a fool. The word Nepal is Hebrew for fool. Uh, and so he was a fool uh, and so she had went uh, out before him and she had went to meet David and she went and brought a, a host of different uh, meals and things of that nature um, so that David would again would listen to her uh, and she told him basically and essentially in verse 25 it says may, may my lord pay no attention to this wicked man Nepal he is just like his name his name is fool and folly goes with him but as for me your servant I did not see the man the men my master sent um, so 
so he, she said, look, I, I, when you sent your men down there, I did not see them. I did not know uh, that they had come because uh, I did not, because I wasn't there during that time. And so that was strictly uh, on Nepal. So, but um, she acknowledged, one, uh, that he was a fool. Well, the thing about that, she was married to this fool. So now you, what you see is what you get. So if you if you dating a fool, if you marry him, you're gonna be married to a fool. Uh, if you if you date somebody that cheat, then if you marry him, he probably gonna cheat when y'all get married. So it's like what you see is what you get. So don't think that that person is so she acknowledged it, and that's what a lot of times we don't do. She acknowledged that her husband was a fool. So if you date somebody that's a fool, don't sit there and act like they ain't. Don't sit there and act like you don't see the little crazy, stupid stuff that they do that they gonna end up doing in your relationship. So at least she had an eye to see that. This dude is crazy, but I imagine at that time she was already married to him, so she said, I'm just gonna roll with it. I'm just gonna try to, you know, just just do what I can while because we already in a relationship. But uh, she acknowledged those things, and sometimes we have to make sure that we acknowledge uh, those things and that uh, we don't turn a blind eye to the things that are right there in front of us. Amen. When we see you, when somebody is giving us signals and teaching us different things and showing us different things about who they really are, that we don't turn a blind eye to that and act like things are not what they really are. Uh, and so uh, David uh, did not, um, didn't, so David did not, uh, his anger had uh, kindled and he did not destroy them. He did, him and his men did not go down and do what he had originally planned to do um, because, uh, again, Abigail had intervened. And then after Nepal had died, uh, we learned that uh, David went down and took Abigail uh, as his wife. Um, so naturally, there was something uh, that what he saw in Abigail, he saw the respect in which she paid uh, unto him. So um, she, as a woman, respected uh, uh, respected him. And so naturally um, that was something that uh, David saw as a plus in Abigail. Uh, and then she was willing to intervene and do the right thing. The Bible says she has good, she had good judgment uh, and that she was uh, intelligent. So uh, these are the characteristics, the aspect that made David, after Nepal had died, go all the way back uh, just to ask for his wife uh, uh, hand in marriage uh, because he could at that point. Uh, and so uh, she, she did the right things to put herself in a position to be married by David uh, after those things had transpired uh, and uh, she again and be, I believe that David understood that he needed a woman that had sound judgment so when and that understood it all the time he ain't perfect uh, because again she got to see how David was was conducting himself at that point but she understood that he just mad right now uh, and so uh, I need to to she understood how she she as a woman would need to give him some space or to help him get over his anger in a godly way uh, in which she was able to do. So sometimes just because we angry or we're mad, that don't mean that we're not godly or that we're not perfect or things of that nature. But sometimes we just uh, all of us are still human uh, and some, sometimes that human aspect uh, likes to pop his head up and show up. And so we have to make sure that we're able to recognize it uh, and have a have good judgment uh, in what to do about it. Uh, two mad folks uh, is not going to have a happy result. So now uh, so now when David was mad, Abigail stayed cool and everybody could have got mad and I believe that's why Abigail went out to meet him because she understood that if this madman find get with, with my madman, then it's gonna be two mad folks who are gonna be killing each other. So she said somebody has to have some somebody has to have some
sense uh, in this situation. And so and you're, you're going to come up with situations in your relationship, in your marriage, and things of that nature where somebody has to have some sense. Because sometimes somebody can get so mad to where they ain't hearing nothing, they ain't thinking right. Sometimes they're not even hearing God. Because at that point, David said, I'm about to kill some folks. And so it was this intervention, uh, intervention of Abigail. So somebody has to have some sense. Somebody has to be the one to say, you know what, we don't even need to go down that path. So whatever we got to do to work this thing out, or if I have to be the one to be wrong or what have you, or I had to be the one to close my mouth. I mean, sometimes well, you can't you can't argue with your own self. So who's going to be the big one to say that oh, we're not going to do that right now? We're not going to get into that type of argument or to that type of um or that type of discussion. So who's going to be the bigger one uh, to say that yeah, we're not going to do that? And so a lot of times it's a, it's a lot of give and take because sometimes it's you, sometimes it's them. Sometimes it's you with to come home with the attitude from work because somebody that made you mad. Sometimes it's you when the kids and got on your nerves. Sometimes it's you and then sometimes it's them. And so um, that's where the give and take comes in. Uh, and I know that is something that me and, that me and my wife both had to learn uh, is, is how to deal with each other uh, when, when those moments, when those times came uh, and not uh, add fuel to the fire um, because again if, 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 if she had said anything besides the thing that she said it probably would have made David even more mad but she did not uh, and because of that David uh, did the right thing uh, by God now the I want to share with you all and a lot of us have heard it or seen it somewhere the uh, the, the serenity prayer and serenity is just the absence of uh, uh, mental stress or anxiety, the absence of mental stress or anxiety. Um, and so um, the, the prayer says, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, and, and, and it's a prayer that should be prayed with, with the absence of stress or anxiety. So being able to pray it with a clear mind uh, and really mean what it is when you when you pray it. So so it, it, I, I think that is so significant is that so we're not saying it just to be saying it or, or saying it um, just because it sounds good uh, unto God, but really meaning it. And so by being stress-free or anxiety-free, it gives us a chance to think about what it is that we are saying unto God. It says, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. I, I told you all there are some things about your mate that ain't going to change that you just got to get used to. Uh, now, now I, I ain't talking about the things that's not a God and the other nation because God will deal with those things when because that person has a personal relationship. I mean, there are certain certain little pet peeves or certain just ways that they are that's not going to change. Um, so there are there are things that we have to be used to uh, in, in in a relationship uh, because we cannot because we cannot change them. Um, he says the courage to change the things which I can. The courage that means that sometimes we we see some things that need to be fixed and we don't have to we be too fearful to fix it. Uh, even even when we're or, or or like we in a relationship where we know ain't going nowhere but we ain't got the courage to get out of it. Uh, and a lot of people find themselves in that in that place because we've been friends or we got so much invested in all this all type of stuff and, and we're scared to end it or that person may be the breadwinner bringing in most of the money uh, and we're scared to have to let the car go back and we're scared to have to move back in with mama or we're scared for a lot of different reasons which causes us not to do the right thing even when we know it's the right thing. And so he said, look, he said, give me the courage to change the things that I can change. And he said the wisdom, and wisdom we know is the application of knowledge, gives me the wisdom to know the difference. So in other words, when he said wisdom, he didn't say give me the knowledge to know the difference. He said give me the wisdom, which is the application of knowledge. So in other words, he said, Lord, show me, and then help me to be able to actually do it. He said, so, so when you show me uh, the things, show me the things in which I need to change, and give me, give me what I need to actually be able to go and to do 
do the things in which uh, I need to do to be actually be able to go uh, and be able to uh, change it. Um, so uh, that's a prayer that, that, that probably all of us need to keep close to our heart that we would really, when we pray, that we really would be sincere about it and really mean the things in which we say Amen. so that in relationships that we can take um, that type of attitude in relationships uh, and be able to recognize the things in which we can and cannot change, the things in which we should, should change and have the courage to change them uh, and then uh, be able to apply the knowledge uh, of the revelation in which God has um, given unto us. So again, um, we may not, that person, again, that person may be with, may not, or, or we may be with at some point, uh, may not be perfect in the beginning, uh, and it's a growing process, it's a learning process, uh, until we continue to get to know each other, uh, and then uh, over time we'll be able to see that person, uh, who they really are, and I think that's the big problem that we have, because we can't see what God sees, and God sees the end result, uh, so he sees you as a king and a queen, but oftentimes uh, when, when, when somebody else looks at us, they can't see all the things in which uh, God sees in us. Uh, but you think about it, uh, there will be some people uh, that will be surprised to see where you are now. They never thought you'd be where you are now. Uh, but if they saw you now, and then you're not even you're not even where God is taking you to. Uh, and so they hadn't even seen the end of you. Uh, and so it's that growing process, that learning process, and that you all constantly get to know each other because uh, you have to constantly stay in communication, that you constantly get to know each other because uh, you're going to keep growing and you're going to keep changing. Because all of us know some things about us now that we would like to change. Amen. And so you got to think as God changes those things um, that we would be uh, different. So then five years from now, I'm supposed to be different than I am today. Um, so again, it's a constant learning process and we constantly learn each other uh, as we go through uh, our relationships. Uh, and from that, uh, we will be able to better understand each other and be live uh, truly in harmony uh, in a marriage uh, down the road. So uh, again, um, that person might not be right yet, but let God continue to work on them and let God continue to work on you. And if God keep working on everybody and everybody is going to change uh, and everybody just going to be different. Amen. 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 That, that, that's all I had, Mr. Wright uh, ain't right. And, you know, I, I really do believe that. I really do believe that when we do things God's way, I mean, I, I just believe that there is no... It's not possible not to have success doing it God's way. I just, I just, I just don't believe. It. I mean, again, I, I share with y'all. If we take every issue that arises in relationships and we put it, you know, up to the Word of God, we often see that it's because somebody did something that was uh, contrary to the Word of God, which caused the breakup, which caused the anger, which caused the frustration. Oftentimes, it's somebody did something that did not line up with the Word of God. Every single time, whether it's cheating, whether it's lying, whether it's angry, whether it's fighting, whatever it is, you know, uh, whatever it is, it's always something that did not line up with the Word of God when things started to go downhill. Uh, every single time. So, again, if we do it, God, way uh, we'll get God's type of results uh, so you got to want to do it God's way uh, and then you got to have a mate that's agree and agrees with you to do it God's way uh, and that you all are not fighting against each other y'all have enough fighting against the world your family and everybody else y'all don't need to be fighting against each other so at least y'all be on the court so y'all can fight against everybody else together uh, because you're gonna have enough struggles outside of your relationship then to have a lot of struggles inside uh, of your relationship so uh, Mr. Right ain't right uh, sometimes Miss right and she ain't right either. Um, and so uh, we just gotta be mindful about that and let God do his thing. Amen. Amen. Amen.